When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, this is Giddy Up on uh, this Tuesday, the 30th of January. Good morning to you, listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you, wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. It is day three of the Caracas sales here in New Zealand. Thanks to New Zealand Bloodstock, and we are live once again at Caracas. So it was another pretty handy day yesterday. Probably not as good as day one, but still the numbers are better than they were 12 months ago, which is always a great sign. So it's a big show coming your way. Mickey Gurren will join us shortly. Andrew Seabrook, the CEO of NZB. The captain, Guy Moldcaster, will join us. It was a grumpy Guy Moldcaster this morning. Um, but he was always like only what Guy can produce. So he's a little bit different, but he's had a big sale. He bought 10 horses over the last couple of days. Phil Cataldo is an interesting character. He is one of the best bloodstock agents here in New Zealand. He buys a lot of horses from the trials, horses like I'm Thunderstruck, um, Fodi Racing, Michael Kent Jr. and Mickey Price. So we'll catch up with Phil. We'll also have a chat to Russell Warwick from Westbury Stud. We've got our bag of tips with all of our experts. Um, the midweek masterclass as we try and find you a few winners tomorrow. And facing the breeze will be interesting with Jack Trainer and Anthony Butt because we've got... Of course, the Hunter Cup this Saturday night, plus Hong Kong Corner towards the back end and also catch up with Mark Chittick, the boss of Waikato Stud. So looking forward to that. The man that's done all of the hard work for the New Zealand Herald um, and works for NZB and he's one of the great racing journalists ever to be produced. I speak of Mickey Gurren. Hello to you, Mick. Thanks for joining us on Giddy Up on this Tuesday. Morning, Gareth. Big hi to all your listeners. I hope they, their day started well in Australia for those who are listening there and not on the app back here in New Zealand. And I'll tell you what, day three started well here. There's a bit of a battle in the auditorium. Yes. I think about 500,000, I think, for lot 482. <clears throat> a Prasia who, dare I say it, Maybe the new king of Karaka. Gee, I think there's been he money, is. money for the prices. And look, they, they, are, they are beautiful horses. But yep. Savabil's been the king for a long time. But I think Prasir is the heir apparent, if yep. not the king. And right now, if you're listening at home and playing along, a time test cult is going into the ring. He is a half brother to Penny Wicker, the New Zealand State yes. of the Year, the ATC Oaks winner. And of course, the New Zealand Oaks winner. She's been retired. And her bro by time test, so that we'll have that time test leg speed, which might sharpen one of the great staying families of New Zealand up. So she'll be an interesting, or he'll be an interesting lot through the ring now. Stay is slightly different. Um, they don't appeal to everybody, Gareth. Yep. But yeah, the, being by time test, who actually holds the track record of Ascot over 2,000 metres. So time test is a horse who can handle firmer ground, so the Australians can buy them. And he's had 12 Northern Hemisphere winners so far in 2024. So. This horse will go for good money, but whether he appeals to the syndicated market, I'm not quite sure. Sam Williams has done a wonderful job identifying those type of stallions, like the Time Test and also Per Encanto, who's had another successful 
sail in a way, even though he's getting a little older. He was a little bit like yourself, Mickey. He was a late maturer as a stallion. Very, very immature. Per, per and Canto. Found more girlfriends later in life. I'll tell you what he does leave. Yes. He, he leaves a beast of a horse. He leaves horses with big round asses and big shoulders. Yeah. And they're very balanced. Sometimes yeah. you see those horses with the big, big arse. Yes, the yes. And they're not balanced. The Papua yeah. Kendos are very balanced. And you're buying a lot of horse. Yeah. They're not particularly tall. Yeah. But, yes, they are, they are often 500 kilos because yeah. they carry so much muscle. And for the Asian market, 500 kilos for a lot of people, not everybody, because some of the capitalists yeah. are smaller than that. But, yes, that, that's the target market. You get them to 500, 520 uh, by the time they turn two and everybody's happy. Um, the sales are better than they were last year. I thought when we went to Magic Millions there might be just a little bit of a downturn because of the economies these days, but it hasn't been the case. What's been really interesting is the, the difference in buying strategies. Like when people go to the Magics, they're yeah. looking to buy those big, beautiful zoo star colts and, and obviously Vinnies and those sort of things, and, and they're hoping they're going to turn them into stallions. Yeah. I think there's a potential, there's a little bit of cult syndicate stallion making type stuff here. Yesterday there was a schnitzel for 8.25 yeah. out of Rondonella. So yes, he has a stallion's pedigree. But more here, you're finding Hong Kong's buying because they like the toughness of the horses. Yeah. Australia's buying now because while we used to be seen as a Guineas, Oaks, Derby type marketplace, there's been some sprinting success in the last three years. So you're seeing those people come into play. Guy obviously buying 10 yes. for Chris Waller. There's a lot more diversity in the market here, whereas at the Magic, it's such a big book that the biggest players tend to, to hone in on the top 30 or 40 horses. Yep. And you would have seen that. Everybody wants the same horses. Uh, so I think we've got... Uh, I think we've got different people trying to achieve different things here, and therefore you have different categories of spend when it comes to the sale, whereas most of the glamour uh, at the Magics comes from people trying to do predominantly the same thing. You've been following this game for a long time and covering this game. There's been a lot of ups and downs, and there's been more downs recently in New Zealand racing until a few years back. And now when you see what happened on Karaka Millions Day and you had those turnover figures and it's... It's extraordinary when you have a look at those numbers. $2 million gambled um, from a turnover point of view on a race more than any other race, meaning the history of New Zealand racing on Saturday, well, which is a remarkable figure. And only six races. Yeah. We, we got into a really, really dark, dark, place. dark place in New Zealand yeah. racing four years ago. We had people who ran the business who didn't understand content, and they didn't understand that this is a scary... You won't believe what I'm about to tell you. We got to a stage four years ago where the people running the business in New Zealand, the exact words out of their mouth, I had this conversation as racing editor of the New Zealand Herald. We see a future where there's no racing presenters. We just show the product. Now, Entain have a completely different attitude, which yep. is engage people, tell people stories, get great content, make people want to watch racing because it's interesting. We almost went down the most insane thing in the history of world racing getting rid of television presenters to just play the races back-to-back -back because we had people in charge who didn't understand narrative and only understood bean counting. It was so frustrating, Gareth, for someone who understood that every other racing jurisdiction in the world was doubling down it's on It's so narrative. sad how we have people in charge who are like that with that mentality. Got simply Mate, no idea. Like for me. I'm yeah. having conversations with them and I'm saying, you've just got to listen to me, you're wrong, and they give me the, well, actually, I do this. Guess what? They're no longer in charge and... They we're sitting here talking yeah. about this. Um, the sales have been great. There was great racing. Great to see J-Mac back there on Saturday. You had Mark Sarr and Blake Shin as well. But um, J-Mac dominated the back page. So you can see when you've got superstars like that, they can sell your sport as well. 
And New Zealand's in a pretty good place, mate, as, as you well know. Look, it is. Champions Day next year will yep. be huge. It's $9 million. It'll be $10 million a couple of years later. So there's, there's some really cool things in the offing. The most important word is sustainability. Is this sustainable or is it a sugar rush and we're all going to have a hangover from sugar afterwards? Well, not. It's, it is sustainable. Because the intent of said, we need to do this for at least five years to get the show on the road and then you would hope that the money keeps coming back to them so it grows on from there so really positive signs you cannot absolutely be uh, complacent mm-hmm. we still have a long way to go but one of the great things we have is it's not that far to Hong Kong seems a long time on a plane but it's only one flight yep. for the horses and of course Australia's next door and we can't underestimate how much Australian punting model how much the demand for horses influences in New Zealand if you took Australia out of the South Pacific and got rid of it mm. we'd be in a parachute yeah. but the good news is it's a pretty hard thing to do so yes that's one reason I I never think about myself living in New Zealand anymore Gareth I'll, I'll be in Melbourne this week yes. with you for the Hunter Cup I just think about the whole product as being Australasian-wide. Probably the only product I don't know much about is Perth. I love going there, but I don't know the form very well because of the time zones. But to me, Randwick, Ellerslie and Flemington are exactly the same place. And Australasia is Australasia. I don't know why you need your passport to get into New Zealand. I agree with you. Before we let you go, who wins the Hunter Cup? Leap to fame if he turns up. (laughs) It's it's so hard to... (laughs) I love both the horses. Like, in fact, if anything, I think Just Believe might be the best standard bred in Australasia yes. because he's so dominant. But, yes, we're going to go there Saturday night. The coverage will be on racing.com. But yep. I'm not sure what we have to add to it because the Fleet to Fame draws the lead and Just so does believe. Just Believe. I think we're going to be talking about trifectas and Quinellas, which yep. some people don't like. But, but looking forward to being part of that. We'll get through today. I think. What about the Kiwi for Mark Purden? I think he's a good horse. I don't yeah. think he's Indian class of to fame yet, but he's a good horse. Sad news coming out yesterday that Akuta's out for the whole of 2024. Yeah. We don't have a lot of great horses in New Zealand at the moment, so we can't afford to be losing those ones. Probably what I'm looking forward to more than anything, Gareth, in the harness racing front are these trot races. Great Southern Star this Saturday, the trot slot race at Cambridge mm-hmm. in New Zealand could be the strongest trotting race in Australasia for 20 years. So I'm looking forward to those. But yes, Leap to Fame's a wonderful horse. I'll go there and try and enjoy him, and I'll enjoy being part of the coverage um, coming up this week. But we'll get through this first. I do think we're going to see a very strong last three or four hours today. Yes. There's a lot of really good Purin Cantos and Praseers. There's some really strong fillies on the ground. I think we're in for a good day. Stick around. Um, and if you need to buy a horse or you want to have a chat to someone, NZB has a whole bunch of agents Beautiful. here and they basically work for free. So, Gareth, good to talk about it. On the subject of NZB, yes. the, uh, the Capitan, <laughs> not, not the other captain, not the captain captain, the other captain, no. the captain of NZB, uh, Andrew Seabrook, will be jumping in very shortly. He's been sensational, Andrew. He, he, look, he, he's been very good. Actually, I'll just ask him, Seabrook, what did the, what the, what the, what the uh, Pennywicker sell for? What did the Pennywicker sell for? You don't know, you're too busy doing other things. Yes. He's always busy. Lot 483. He's a very busy man. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, no, good, Gareth. Uh, good to be here, mate. Um, uh, it was a strong start to the sale on day three. We had a $500,000. I saw that first lot go through. It was lot two from the The family. Yes. And, yeah. And, and the big players were on it, too. One of my favourite families goes back to the Phantom, the Phantom Chance. See, We've see, got a big see, one coming in shortly here. Seabrook loves all that old school stuff. He loves yes. that 1980s, yes. 1990s stuff. Mr. Tiz. <laughs> don't get him started, otherwise you'll have no radio show. For Mr. The Tiz, the, the horse that was gilded by accident, ended up, <laughs> ended up winning seven group ones. 
Is that what would, what would be your most like if if you went to a pub, Andrew, mm. and you had the greatest pub story to tell? What story would that be? I'm jumping out of this conversation. Oh. Yes, thank you, Mick. <laughs> I don't know, but I can tell you my favourite horse yeah. was Rough Habit. I just oh. loved that horse. Uh, 29 wins, 23 of them black type races. He won Group Ones in New Zealand, Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria. I don't know if there was another horse that ever no. did that. He, he, he was a, he was an ugly duckling, um, but geez, he was a good horse. His, his second Stradbroke win is still my favourite race. Gives still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. You know, 20 years on, but uh, yeah. They're amazing athletes, those Warriors. Unfortunately, we lost one of those yesterday. An alligator blood has gone amiss, and we probably won't get to see him on the racetrack again. But um, sometimes when they're in the, these these Warriors are racing, you've got to sit back and appreciate them. And those horses like Ralph Habit and the bright sides of the world yeah. and alligator blood, I think Mr. Brightside, for what he's been able to achieve, and Phil Cataldo will be joining us a little later on, who, who purchased Brightside at these sales. Um, sometimes I think we just... We don't appreciate them as much as we should in this moment. It's because of the way they go about it. Yeah, they're amazing horses. and But people, um, they gravitate towards those horses, don't they, in the end? Because they, they're girlings and they run year in, year out. And uh, uh, there's not enough of them now, is there? No. Is Pricey the new king of the stallion ranks after what we've seen at these sales? Has he got past Savabil here this year? Uh, I think. Jeez, actually, that's a good question. I haven't looked at the latest stats. Savabil's obviously still leading on turnover. I'm not yep. sure about average, but look, yeah, Poissy is the new boy on the block. And don't forget, these horses are still off a $17,500 service fee. So come next year, it's going, they're going to be, um, the pedigrees are going to be better, and it's just going to, you know, um, just get better and better. And, and Satono Aladdin, I still think he's an elite yes. stallion as well. Yeah. So, so as, as the boss of NZB, do you play a part with helping out the farms get better stallions to this country because it's a bit like what's been happening in New Zealand racing, the resurrection. They've been able to buy a lot better stallions and I think Super Seth's going to be a star when you talk to the people and the bloodstock agents out there that they've been impressed by him. So you've, you've got a lot of better and obviously they need to perform but they're performing a lot better, these stallions here based in New Zealand. Yeah, it's they've really, really lifted the game in the last, you know, sort of three or four years. We went through a quiet patch here for a while. Um, NZB get, doesn't get too involved in terms of um, syndicating and what have you, like we used to in the old days before the internet and all that sort of thing. And, you know, it's a lot easier today to touch base with people around the world. But, um, you know, sometimes we'll, we will finance people into stallions and, and certainly help help sell shares. But, uh, yeah, look, the stint the strength of the uh, stallions now is sort of like in the old days when I was growing up as a kid where we used to have a lot of the good stallions in Australia, yeah. How were you happy with yesterday? How would you describe that? I, I was actually really happy. Look, it, that we didn't see the fireworks at the top of the market yep. like we did on the first day, but that middle market was really strong. Look, the clearance has gone from 73 to 78%. More pinhook has got involved yesterday, um, and the middle market was really strong. Look at the jockey club. They bought seven horses, and they bought yes. some cheaper horses too, which was nice to see. I mean, there are 100 horses short uh, in Hong Kong, they tell me. Um, I think they've got about 1,250 in work and they want to get another 100, 150 horses. So um, they were buying at a sort of a lower level some of those horses yesterday, which was interesting. Yep. The success coming off the back of the Ready to Run sale. Um, and I had a chat to you about this when we were here last November. And I've just got a feeling with the way that the world is these days, do you think that that sales, and and to be honest, and to the other two um um, companies that sell horses some of them are a waste of time selling these ready to run horses but New Zealand is the, the sale that there's a lot of 
the Hong Kong industry, you know, they, they believe in luck. Yeah. The champions are purchased out of that sale. It's the quick turnaround, you know. So I think that sale is just going to grow. It is. Grow. I mean, the gap between the book one and ready-to-run sale has been closing for about three years now. In fact, we saw the ready-to-run sale this year average what book one did last year, which yep. is unheard of anywhere in the world where a ready-to-run sale can do that. Um, it's, it's certainly close. Look, the Hong Kong want a quicker return. They want to see their horses up. You know, I think everybody uh, wants quicker yeah, returns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's um, we're really lucky we've got that yeah. as a backstop, you know, and a lot of pinhooking going on. But but and now studs are, are folding some of these horses, and, and and rather than going straight to yielding sale, they're saving them for the two-year-old sale, yeah. which is which was unheard of a few years ago. And they're buying horses at English and Magic Millions to yep. sell at your sale. Yeah, that's right, because a lot of those Australian breeds um, suit suit that type, yeah. that suit that market. And geez, if they breeze up well at Tirapa, uh, the the, the uh, premium those horses, some of those horses can get. Are fantastic. And when you've got a slot race now, the Kiwi, so you can buy a two-year-old and within 12 months you're racing in that, hopefully you're racing in that slot race, which will help help the, no doubt, I think that I think that slot race will help the ready-to-run sale more than it helped this sale. I think I think it's beautiful that um, the the NZB Kiwi. It's not just for New Zealand breeds, by the way, no, for, for your listeners. Correct, so, and yep. there's been a bit of um, confusion about that. It's for New Zealand breeds. It's for any horse by a New Zealand stallion. So it could be born Australian by a New Zealand stallion, yep. right? And it's for any horse sold through NZB, correct. and it can go through the ready-to-run yep. sale. It can go through the weaning sale. But you're right; it could really help that um, that two-year-old sale mm. um, big time. Yep. Um, book two, we've got to concentrate a little bit on book two. We're, we're heading off tonight, but um, even Guy Molcast is inspecting book two. Mm. Um, that's why he was probably so grumpy this morning, Andrew. But um, <laughs> you can find it. You can find your champion. But for the bloodstock agents, they probably need to work a little harder with book two. Yeah, you do. You've got to get around the grounds. They're a little bit more difficult to see but because um, some of them are laid on the ground. But look, there's Duncan Ramage. There's John Foote over there. Yes. I can see he's inspecting. Pilko's still here. Um, Waller, as you said, Bjorn Bate. There's still a lot of people. I was talking to John O'Shea last night. Yeah. He's keen to, to buy in book two. And the, the great thing is they can see the horses today and they can go home if they need mm. to and bid on the phone or bid online. All right, mate. And NZB, the website's sensational. You can catch all the action, update on the website. You can see the results and see what's happening live as well, mate. Um, thanks for having us. Job well done. Um, looking forward to seeing what the rest of the sale can unfold. And then that build-up towards the the slots for the auction of the slots for the Kiwi, I think yeah. that will be something so fascinating. Um, yeah. Looking forward to that. And then before we know it, we'll be buying horses again at the Ready to Run. Beautiful, Gary. Thanks for coming over, mate. No, Appreciate sensational. it. Sensational. Thank you. There's Andrew Seabrook, the CEO of NZB. Let's take a break. We'll come back with the captain, Guy Moldcaster, straight after this.